focused on cloud, location, data center industry, trends, and dynamic market. So good morning everyone, it's Dan Scarborough here from Data Center Hawk. Uh, today I am with Damien Gaynor, the Sales and Marketing Director for Echelon, who's based in Ireland. Hello Damien, thanks for joining us. Hey Dan, how are you? Um, yeah, no, thank you very nice much. to see you. Um, nice to see you again. So I'm excited about this. So we're talking to Echelon today, who are a relatively new operator in the space. And um, I'm sure the people listening are going to be intrigued to find out what you guys are up to. So maybe to start off with, if you could just introduce yourself and Echelon, uh, that'd be great. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the sales and marketing director um, for Echelon uh, data centers. Uh, essentially, we are, um, I suppose, a data center infrastructure provider. And uh, we come from a background in commercial real estate was where the company came from. So all gate developments is built very large um, commercial real estate and infrastructure in the UK and Ireland. And uh, I have a background personally in, in, in telecoms and subsea cables going back quite a long time. And uh, we moved into the data center space, um, basically looking at, at the market and seeing that we there was a, a space there for someone to come in at the kind of wholesale um, level. Um, there are plenty of really good companies there already. Uh, looking after kind of co-location and lots of the the, the bigger firms who I, I won't mention, but there was space um, to go in providing service to hyperscalers and, and the next wave of companies coming through, uh, moving into that kind of uh, bracket, um, providing kind of wholesale space and wholesale lease space. And so, and so, how long have you been up? How long have you been at it for? Just to put some time. So I think uh, the, the 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 company was basically incorporated in 2017. Um, really, I suppose we we kind of kicked in hard in in kind of 2018 in acquiring sites and and um, one of the things that we looked at doing, which was maybe a little different from some of the others, is um, our view was always to be taken seriously. You had to go beyond just getting sites and saying, oh, we've a, a site, do you want to have it? We, we went and we immediately moved on with the sites, got you know permissions, got the permitting in place, uh, applied for power um, and uh, got power for the various sites that we have and moved them forward, which I think is kind of imperative in the market. It, it, it's not enough to come along and say, we have an idea, let's put a data center here. You've got to start moving through that process. Uh, so You've got to be taken seriously, right? So that's exactly, and, and, and it's something that, you know, it's taken a little while for some people maybe to take us seriously. I think some people may have seen the background in, in, in the commercial side of real estate and thought that, oh, what do these guys know about data centers? But, you know, we have a, an excellent team in place uh, who've brought uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of megawatts of data centers uh, into being. So uh, we're very happy that we have the experience and the the nows to uh, to provide services, and, and that's kind of reflected in what we're seeing in our interactions with customers. So, so that brings me on to my next kind of question, and one of the things that I am quite excited about. Uh, with you guys is the and I, I probably won't coin it this I'm, I'm sure it won't be coined this way but the echelon model 
right? Um, the Echelon model is slightly different to some of the other models that are out there in terms of your relationship with power generation. It, uh, so maybe you could just talk about that that vision for for the business. Uh, that'd be quite interesting, okay. I think. Um, look, one of the things that we looked at relatively early on when we, we were doing our market analysis was, okay, where do we fit? Where can we bring value? And in terms of bringing value, we felt that um, the, the dataverse, if we want to call it, that was growing at, at, at a, a very fast pace and that the requirement in the market was only going to grow for um, greater scale. And with greater scale came, um, I suppose, various pressure points that you have to be able to cover off. So you need access to, to, to space, plenty of land. Uh, you need access to, to greater amounts of power. And uh, you have to have a responsibility uh, as a company to try and do this renewably or sustainably. So uh, when we started looking at, at the various sides, we, we, we've looked at scale. Um, and one of the first ones that when I talked about it to certain people first, they kind of, uh, they weren't necessarily so sure about what we were, where we were going. Our view was that the real scale in the market is going to happen outside of the urban areas. Um, and I think that's reflected in what you see in, in the flap D markets. Um, basically having, having, your demand for power um, not not right beside well you have to have your demand for power closer to generation so that generally happens outside of the city centers and yet all of demand at the moment is based around the the center of the metropolitan areas in in london and slough and frankfurt in paris in dublin and what it does is it it, it creates areas of strain on networks where the transmission capacity is being put under real pressure to deal with all of this centralized demand. So you've got to kind of regionalize some of that. And our view was that if you take, notwithstanding um, network constraints that the various uh, occupiers are under, if you start to look at ways to bring that outside of the, the uh, center of the city, as we've done in say, um, Ireland in, in Dub 20 is our site in, in Wicklow. It's, it's about 50 or 60 kilometers south of Dublin. Um, we've co-located that very close to um, the Arclo Wind Bank, which is SSE Renewables are, are um, building one of the largest um, wind farms, uh, offshore wind farms in, in Ireland. And uh, you're looking at when it's complete about 800, 850 megawatts coming in from that. Uh, we're co-locating um, a substation, uh, 220 kV substation with them there. The idea is that the, the grid isn't put under pressure in, in uh, bringing all that transmission back up to you know, Grange Castle, that you can actually build a data center closer to the renewable power, closer to the point of um, generation. So that's always been in our kind of view that all of this goes together. You've got to be able to build the infrastructure, both the fiber, the power, uh, and the actual building itself. But you've got to situate them close to 
where power is coming from. And um, so, does that mean you're behind the meter then on that side? Does that mean you're getting, you know, very? Well, I mean, in in Ireland, that that's a big discussion at the moment. I believe there's going to be some consultancy um, papers going out about that. That in the future, yes, that will lead to behind the meter. So, uh, and what will that do? Well, it, it may actually bring down the total cost of ownership for for occupiers. Um, so certainly that's something that we're thinking about as well. Um, when, when there's scarcity uh, of power uh, in, um, let's take Slough, for example, um, you know, all of the large occupiers are there, but my understanding is that power is, is going to be um, a very rare commodity until certain upgrades happen in the network, which could be 2025. I've heard well into 2026. So we've looked at, we've got, um, you know, sites that are slightly near there, but not quite uh, in Slough, uh, where we have uh, power that's not constrained at the moment and that we can turn around within 12 months and another site there that we could turn around within 18 months um, and give people, you know, 100, 130 uh, MVA. Um, So our view is that essentially where where there's power and availability of power will start to trump some of the the other constraints that the occupiers are under. There is also the evolution of of uh, fiber. I don't know if you've seen um, EU networks released. I think um, a piece about hollow core fiber, and that's going to reduce the latency on links and allow you to possibly double the length. Yeah, double the length of the span. So suddenly what seemed a long ways away isn't, isn't quite as far. So, so just, on, is- just on that power infrastructure, if you could just talk, talk me through the, um, what's going on in terms of guaranteed 24 by 7 power in, in, in Dublin and some of the issues that might provide for the operators further down the line. Okay, so um, there is a, a, a concept called flexible demand that uh, may come into effect post-2025 where you will not have a full guarantee of um, power, all your power for, for all 24 hours of the day. Um, and this is basically in response to the demand on the network and the demand on the transmission network. Um, in the greater Dublin area. So what we're looking at in terms of mitigating that is we're going to put in place um, energy centres. And uh, essentially this is, uh, as as we kind of evolve in in the market, we've seen that there is a requirement to become part of the solution Um, to these issues that our industry faces. So what that means for us as kind of an infrastructure provider is that we're looking to become part of that chain where we will also look at power and see what we can do to create power to allow um, the data centers to run properly without any flexible demand. So we will mitigate by by, uh, creating our own power on site. And it's something that we're looking to do uh, pretty much everywhere we go. Um, also, what it does is it's actually it, it it's part of the initiative, certainly in Ireland, um, towards helping the whole network become greener. Because uh, the, there is a plan to have seventy percent renewable energy uh, by twenty thirty, 
but the sun doesn't always shine and the wind doesn't always blow. So you need to have uh, other forms of, of power generation to, to uh, support uh, the green energy there. So as part of that plan, um, the uh, transmission provider is quite in favor of people maybe putting in uh, peaking plants and um, energy centers such as we're looking at that uh, can prop up the grid when, when, when required. Um, so that's something that we're looking at as, as part of the requirement for us as a, as a provider in, in, in the industry. No, that's really interesting. And we'll come back onto that a bit later on because there was a biogas announcement that I'd like you to tell us about. But, but before, before we go into that, can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, your current and planned developments, again, very high level. Um, And some of the challenges that you've come across as a newcomer to break into the market. Um, Okay, so at the moment we have sites that are going live in in London. Uh, LCY10 is in the Docklands. Uh, That's built, power is there, and we're doing fit out for customers at the moment. we have Dub 10, which is um, going to be ready for service in and around the end of this year. Um, the, the substation is being built at the moment. Uh, all is going very well. We've, we have a second site in Dublin called Dub 40, which is around Grange Castle. Same thing. We hope to have that in service. Um, probably you're looking at the end of, of um, 2021 into 2022. So it's, it's about six months behind the, the first Dublin one at the moment, but we can probably accelerate that. Um, we have Dub 20, which is the large site down in Arklow, that's south of Dublin. Uh, Dub 20 and Dub 30, we have a couple of sites down there. And um, yeah, they're outside of the constrained areas in, in the Dublin uh, grid. Uh, so there's there's very large scale available down there. We we believe that the um, those sites can do 200 plus megawatts. Um, we also have uh, LCY 20 in London, which we're just starting on now. That that has has power in place and literally just needs to be turned on, and we can um, build out the data center within about 12 months there. So we think it's the quickest to market in London. That's, um, yeah, basically just along that kind of M25 corridor. Um, And we're looking at further sites throughout Europe. There are uh, a number of opportunities that we're looking at. Um, Frankfurt is one. We've, We've looked at a number of sites there and have have happened upon uh, another one that we think we can do very large scale, just slightly outside of of uh, Frankfurt, but we can do large scale there, and with outside of the 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 kind of urban power constraint, where we can get maybe 150, 200 megawatts in time to that site. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think as a you're, you're certainly not starting off small, are you? I suppose would be the <laughs> well, I mean, again, that that comes back to uh, there are there are different tiers within in the market, and the, there are different consumption patterns, and um, we're aimed at a certain part of the market, which uh, is more the wholesale uh, to the hyperscale end of the market, um, and you know there is colo and retail, 
um, which is a different part of the market. And we don't feel we're in competition um, there because there are certain areas where we overlap, I'm, I'm sure we kind of are, but in general, we're, we're not trying to replicate what anyone else is, is, is doing. And I think it's exciting to see you active in three of the flat markets, you know, London, Dublin and Frankfurt. I'm assuming you've got some pretty strong balance sheets behind you in order to be able to, to do that. Um, um, yeah, we, we, we've got some very strong funding partners, um, uh, Davis and Kempner, Pioneer Point and Starwood Global Capital. So, yeah, um, we're, we're well funded and, and have a track record, certainly in this. Um, so far, everything we've done has been on time and on budget. And that carries forward from our, our time in commercial real estate where we were on time and on budget. So can you can you share some of the differences that you've seen operating across these different locations in terms of like land price, power price, planning, customer interest? Do these things vary or are you seeing them all around about the same across London, Dublin and Frankfurt? Um, it, it is interesting at the moment if you... If you mention data center, or if you were to mention data center when you're looking at land, uh, unsurprisingly, the price comes right up. Um, you know, there, it's interesting. Um, I think if you look at the markets and you say, okay, data gravity is very important. So where scale exists and where, you know, uh, there's a lot of compute, we don't see that moving particularly. So therefore, people want to stay in and around, you know, the same area where they can. And, and you're seeing that, you know, um, prices have been driven up to a rather interesting level, shall we say. Certainly, Slough is an interesting case in point. We've heard, we've heard some eye-watering figures there. Um, Frankfurt, you know, land isn't, isn't, isn't um, inexpensive in any of these areas. Uh, and Dublin similarly. Um, so again, I think that comes with the territory, but there is a balance there as there is in, in any kind of development where you, you try and get the best value you can so that you can um, provide you know, a, a quality solution to the end customer um, at a reasonable price. Are you seeing similar levels of demand across the customer base, across those markets? Um, it would appear to be so. I mean, uh, again, if you if you look at any of the reports that are out there in terms of um, growth in, in certain markets and growth across Europe, it, it, it seems to be quite a familiar kind of arc to the curve um, that demand has gone up. Um, but I mean, if you look at the fundamentals behind the market in terms of you know, look at COVID and look at what happened during COVID and how we're working and how we're doing this interview. And, um, you know, that isn't going to go away. Um, and when we get autonomous driving, you, you add in the various other things, 5G, uh, the way we consume our entertainment, um, all of these things are, are, are just driving the demand for data ever higher. So, you know, all of the forecasts I've seen and that we've looked at show a steady growth um, year on year. And yeah, so the, the fundamentals in, in, in the market say that, you know, if, if 
the end user demand is growing, then, you know, we're going to see the same from the data center side of things. And yeah, I think that's fine. It's good, but we need to do it sustainably. And we, and, you know, sometimes the industry gets a bad press about that, but um, lots and lots of people are working very, very hard uh, to make sure that we're, we're, we're putting in, um, kit that works more efficiently, kit that's green, um, design that's green, um, working at ways to augment, um, you know, the sustainability of everything we do. Um, so, look, I, I think there's work to be done as we go forward, but I, I get the sense from the market that, you know, there's a commitment to do that. And certainly for, for uh, Echelon, you know, the environment and sustainability is, is very important for what we're doing going forward. Yeah, I suppose I was thinking more about kind of the buying cycles, right? And and whether the the demand from the customers is in line with the consumption that's coming online, right? So if you think about the top cloud providers, you know, are they procuring capacity on an annual basis? Are they procuring capacity on a three-year, on a five-year basis? And so, you know, say, I don't know, they're taking down... X number of megawatts in London, let's say 30 megawatts in London. Does that mean once that's gone, then there won't be any demand in London for until for a couple of years? Do you know what I mean? So you are you, are you seeing the demand going? Are you seeing the demand from the customers being at the same annualized rate that these assets are coming on to the market? I, I think. You know, I certainly I'm not in a position to, to speak for any of the occupiers, so uh, I'll caveat anything I say, but this is just my opinion. Um, what you've seen is um, differences in the way the market kind of grows. It, relatively steady growth, certainly from the colo side of things. And then over the last number of years, you've seen rather dramatic growth from uh the large cloud companies and is that exactly linear not really it's been a bit you know up and down yeah um, but again um as demand has grown suddenly you, you will see the market then react to try and come in with larger amounts of scale i mean traditionally london was i would have said more of a, a, a co-location market and you had lots of colo players there and, and suddenly there are uh, a lot more people providing kind of the wholesale and the scale end of things, including obviously the the self bills from the the cloud um, players. So, yeah, in 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 terms of growth, I think relatively speaking, it's it's going up in line with demand from end customers and end users, whether that be you, me, and our kids using phones and and um, streaming, et cetera, et cetera, or whether it be um, various small, medium enterprises and larger enterprises moving to the cloud. Uh, so the adoption rate of technology, uh, AI, et cetera, um, is kind of driving that. So, yeah, I, I think in general terms, you're seeing that um, the demand has kind of jumped a little bit, but I think that's partly... Uh, partly being pushed by the constraint on power. I'm being careful how I answer this question. <laughs> You're being uh, very diplomatic, David. Uh, uh, there, there has been, uh, you know, 
the, the large demand for power because, I mean, metropolitan kind of metro size kind of DCs have suddenly jumped and suddenly, you know, five megawatts is now 10, 20, 30 and, and growing. So I'm just trying to work out whether you're you trying to corner the market on power, probably. Is everyone chasing the same capacity or is there enough? Well, I think so. To go I think there is, there is an element of that. Yeah. So, so just just moving on, I only got the last two questions um, on the sustainability side. I know this is a, a big area for you guys. Can you just talk to us quickly about the, the the stuff you've been doing on biogas, your design, the renewable energy side of things? You just talk about those things very, uh, very high level and how you see Echelon from a, a sustainability perspective. OK, Um so I suppose what, what we're looking at from our side, um, kind of recognizing the short to medium term that as, as the industry moves towards being um, genuinely renewable and environmentally friendly, um, that there are going to be some halfway houses along the way um, because it, it isn't just as simple as saying, okay, well, we need to sign PPAs and everything is renewably powered and, and that's it. That, that's part of, part of this. You, you've got to look as well and say, well, okay, um, what are we doing in terms of, of allowing the grid to work better? Uh, being environmental, being sustainable. As I said, there's kind of a bigger picture there in terms of, I'll use Ireland as an example, the, the climate action plan that says that they want to have 70% renewables on, on the uh, grid. So um, data centers are a big part of that in providing the base case um, for renewable power to come online. Um, so, you know, making sure that we're taking renewable power where possible, um, 100% renewable, that, that, that's a start. Um, looking at PPAs um, that are green, that's also a start. But there are other things that we can do um, that certainly we're committed to. Um, I mean, you saw we released a, um, a paper recently about kind of sustainability in, in the industry in certain areas that can be looked at. Um, you know, looking at hydrogen. And if we're going to build these energy centers that are gas powered to help support the grid, because the grid require that, and it allows the green energy to come in at the back uh, uh, of that, well then, okay, can we look to make that greener as well? So if we're going to be burning some gas, well, let's see, can you, can you help produce it renewably? Can you uh, add um, renewable hydrogen into the mix to, to actually green that again. So we, we announced recently as well a press release with BioCore, um, and they're going to co-locate on our Dub20 site, um, and they're going to have an anaerobic digestion biogas-type solution, so biogas generation. Uh, and again... We're trying to, 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 to become part of this ecosystem where um, you start to influence all of that kind of cycle where if you're consuming power, you have to be part of the answer for generating power as well. We're, we're, we're looking at, at hydrogen, we're looking at hydrolysis, we're looking at um, you know, locating the data centers very close to uh, renewable sources of energy. Um, 
we're looking as well. When, when we look to do things at scale, you look at buying large enough sites that you can install your own solar at a significant rate uh, and install some of these um, AD biogas type solutions. Uh, look at hydrolysis, look at large batteries, um, look at all of the things that we can do to reduce reliance on, on diesel, try and see if we can take that out of the equation. And part of this, I mean, is going to come down to the occupiers and actually if you think about it, how, how they incentivize their employees. Um, you know, it's all very well when you talk at a high level about, yeah, we want to be green, we want to do this. Uh, that's fantastic. But Are they willing know, to pay for it? Are they willing to pay for it? And, and are they incentivizing the guy, um, the operations guy, or the guy who's tasked with delivering the data center on time and making sure it stays up, you know, uh, 100% of the time? Is he incentivized to use green power? Because if he's not, he's going to default to what works, which is diesel and, and various other things there. Yeah. So, you I know, there's definitely a certain amount of transparency and kind of being very open about the solutions. Um, but, but that's another conversation, David. It is. So, last question for you. So, where's next? So, you've got the three flat markets. Is Paris next, or what's on the What's the ones that you can't tell me about that you're going to announce? To what are the ones that I can't yeah. tell you about? Uh, that, that's 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 wonderful mental gymnastics. <laughs> um, so uh, essentially, we're looking obviously to to finish out the projects in in Ireland, UK. Uh, Ireland, the UK will be live with customers um, over the next eight months. Um, then we've got the larger sites down in, in um, Dub 20, Dub 30, and Dub 40, and we hope to, to have them leased and out. And then I'm going to go slowly around this and decide what I tell you. <laughs> um, obviously, we're working on something um, fairly large in Germany, in Frankfurt. Um, we are evaluating other sites in the Iberian Peninsula, um, some large scale and uh, lots and lots of renewable energy, um, which uh, will be very, very interesting, but more on that later. And there are, there are a number of sites that we're, we're, we're looking at and we're... we're um, uh, I suppose, is it just Europe or are you going to go further afield? Is there plans for Asia and North America? Or Well, uh, I think... We, um, the company is growing and, and certainly we're, um, we're looking to move further afield, but all in its own good time, Dan. Uh, can't, we can't do everything at once. Certainly we've enough on our plate at the moment, but yeah, we, we've, had, we've had a little look at certain other markets as well. Cool. Well, David, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. You've been very poised and measured in your responses, <laughs> which I like. Um, and yeah, I'm sure everyone looks forward to catching up on Echelon and glad things are going well for you guys. Yeah, well, look, hopefully I'll be able to travel over to the UK at some stage soon and we'll, we'll meet up. So a, a pleasure and, uh, and thank you for your time. <laughs>